You are now listening to the Demo Tape Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Demo Tape Podcast, episode 33. Thank you all for taking time out to listen to me today on this Thursday, wherever you at work, wherever, school, however you getting it. Remember, you can subscribe to the Demo Tape Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, and wherever you get your podcast. pretty much. After you do that, leave me a five-star review if you're inclined. If not, you know, you can leave me some criticism. Remember, it's not hating if you tell the truth. But go ahead and drop your boy a review, though, y'all. Subscribe and drop your boy a review. We got some interesting topics coming up today. We're going to get more into the Antonio Brown saga. That's the gift that keeps on giving. Talk about some news and politics stuff, too, later on in the show. Uh, but before we uh, go any further, I have a Taco Tuesday story that I want to share with you guys. So, you know, me... And my girlfriend, we go to out to eat Taco Tuesday. We do Taco Tuesday thing. Not really understanding why or how we came to to do this thing. We just do it um, because it's Tuesday and it's tacos, right? So uh, we've been to different places. There's a couple of um, authentic Mexican restaurants here uh, around the city. And then there's some, you know, white-owned established taco places where they do Taco Tuesday. So we went to one of these places that's close by my house. And so we're sitting there and we've been there. This is the second time they were going. And the first time we went here, everything was cool. You know, uh, the food was cool. I didn't, the vibe was kind of off. Something was missing uh, from it for me. And I remember thinking like, I don't want to come back here, but uh, we ended up back there, I guess, because it was closer to the, to the house anyway. So we're sitting there and I'm just like, yeah, the vibe here is just not right. It's just not right. Like, it's a surfer vibe. They're playing, like, Beach Boys music. And I'm like, yo, white people have colonized tacos. Like, Mexican culture. Like, Taco Tuesday is a white creation. Because Mexicans don't celebrate Taco Tuesday. Like, we were thinking of the Mexican restaurants here in Tallahassee. And it was like, yo, they don't really celebrate Taco Tuesday. Like, you can't can't really go to an authentic, like, Mexican taqueria and get Taco Tuesday. Like, you just get tacos. Like, you know what I mean? It's like, you know, hey, we just eat tacos, man. Like, it's not a big deal uh, to make a day out of it. And so that's very interesting how Mexican culture is being colonized. Because, like, even LeBron tried to trademark Taco Tuesday, which I thought was very, like, lame. Because at the end of the day, it's like, it's just something that we say, man. Just like Wing Wednesday. Like, how can you copyright Wings Wednesday? Wings Wednesday. Like, it's just something that we say that we just do. But the Taco Tuesday Tuesday thing is fascinating. So I was like, yo, I'm not going to eat at this restaurant anymore because I just felt like I was selling out um, my Mexican and Latino people. You know what I mean? Because I've had some real authentic tacos, man. And those tacos I was eating, nah, I'm cool. And so, but before we get the tacos, man, our server, my server, she was just so bad. Like I ordered chicken tacos, soft tacos, chicken with everything on it. And she brought me, Crunchy beef with everything on it. And I'm like, nah, this is not it, lady. So then she came back with chicken and nothing else. 
like nothing else, just chicken and cheese. And I'm like, no, lady, like I just need all my toppings and I need the chicken and I need the soft shell and I need everything else. And it's finally she got it right. And it kind of made me mad, man, because I'm already wasn't wasn't feeling the vibe of the of the restaurant. And then she is playing around with my food. So I was like, man, I just had the idea to leave her a 50 cent tip. So that's what I did. And I jetted up out of there. And I just had the thought, like, yo, is it rude? Like, was I was I rude for that? So I don't know what you guys think. Remember, there's the voicemail line to the podcast. You can hit that up at 850-270-8269. I want to get you guys' thoughts on that. Um, was I rude to leave her a 50 cent tip? Because I just felt her service was so terrible, man. Like, you got my order wrong. Like, it's really, it's just tacos, man. I didn't get, like, a steak or some type of fish or something, you know? I just got tacos, you know? And I, like I said, I wasn't already, I was already not feeling the vibe. And didn't want to be there. Because I felt like I was in like the colonized version of like Mexican food. And I didn't like that feeling. So I won't be back to that place. It's called Cabos or something. For those that are asking in Tallahassee. Uh, moving on. Takashi Six Takashi Snitch 9. Yo, that dude. Like I said, my dad was saying that he's singing like a, like a canary. I'm like, nah, man. Canaries is like, yo, man, don't put that dude with us. You know what I'm saying? Like the type of singing that he's doing. And a lot of people think like when you say that he should have held it down, that you're just you're just engaging in like tough talk because it's like, yo, man, if you was in that situation and I hate that type of talk because at the end of the day, like I wouldn't be in that situation, bro, because I'm not in that situation, bro. You feel me? Like I'm not in that situation and he shouldn't have been in that situation because if you're trying to be a rapper, then be a rapper, you know? And I guess somehow the lines do get blurred at, to a certain extent. But you try to be a part of something that you really weren't down with. And those those dudes put you down with something. I guess they thought they had more control over him than they actually had. I don't know what they were thinking. But for me, they're getting what they got. You know, they're getting what they deserve. Because that was just a stupid move in the game. Like, you know, this dude is not a gangbanger, man. You got this dude out here committing heinous crimes and... You know, doing some stuff that engaging in a lifestyle that's not for him. And now, because of that, he, he and, and the type of things is putting your life on the line. And I think the one dude shot, he's like 37. Like, brother, like what you, I mean, I guess, you know, I guess, you know, you keep your mind free and all that stuff. By the time you get, I guess you can still get it popping. But the point is like, dog, your whole life, that's a long time, dog. 15 years to sit in the box on account of this dude. And another thing is like, people get the def- definition of snitching, I think kind of misconstrued like Takashi 69 is a snitch because he got down with it like he was with it when it was benefiting him but then when it wasn't benefiting him he wasn't with it and he's our telling on people that's a snitch like you're not a snitch if you just see something go down and you're innocent like you're a witness to something that doesn't make you a snitch I guess in some realms people will say that it does I don't think so but maybe it does but I think like what makes Takashi so bad is that he was down with it. And while it was benefiting him and he's on the radio talking about blood, this blood, that test is gangster. Like, I don't know. T.I. said that he could come back. I don't see how he could come back. I mean, well, I mean, maybe nobody will mess with him when he got out of jail. But I mean, to hip hop, I don't see how he can come back to hip hop. Some people think he can come back to hip hop because white people will bump in. I'm like, man, man, that's asking a lot, dude. That's asking a lot. Like, I don't even know. Maybe, maybe. But I, where's he? Then the question then becomes like, where's he gonna do shows? Denver, Colorado, and like Iowa his whole time? Like, I guess, maybe. Because I mean, he can't get no LA money, no Atlanta money. I don't know. Maybe he can. 
maybe he can, but I know he can't get no LA money. They don't like him out in LA. So, you know, all that tuss his gangster and blood this, blood that. You know, I just feel like as men, we have to make decisions and we have to live with them. You know, and I guess that's easy to say because I'm not the one facing 47 years, but at the same time, I feel like you got to do the mental calculus on that one, buddy. And if you can't do the mental calculus on that one, then that's kind of sad. I get that he's young, but I feel like, you know, young people get underestimated. I feel like Takashi knew what the deal was. And, you know, I feel like he should have held it down. But now, you know, he got weak. He's caving. He's telling on people that's not even got nothing to do with nothing. He's just doing irrelevant stuff, which just makes it even worse. So, you know, whatever. Good riddance to him. The fact that we, the fact that he was even allowed to get money in hip-hop is a bad thing. But, you know, Goofy's get in. It happens. It happens. So we need more rappers out there dissing him besides just Meek Mill and a few. So the FAMU Southern game was this past Saturday. I was there. I went. That was my first experience with that rivalry. It's the first time I think they've had the rivalry in some years, too. And uh, it was a really good experience um, to be there. And the game was really good. You know, we were up 17, nothing the Rattlers were. Um, and Southern came back and took the lead. And then we had to go on a 99-yard drive at the end of the game. I have I had posted the video on my IG. You can follow me on Instagram at DMC for President. Um, but yeah, I posted it on my IG story. Like, you know, I was just sitting in the stand. I was like, yo, man, what if this is it right here? My man stepped up. We had our receiver went off, had nine for nine for 201 in a touchdown, game winning touchdown. So, you know, it was fun. And it got me thinking back to the Jamel Hill article where she was saying that uh, HBCUs need elite athletes. And, you know, I kind of, I, I feel what she's saying. And I think that the idea seems to be rooted in the premise that money is going to come back to the schools which is historically incorrect. And so, um, if, but the thing about it is, like, you can still build good football programs, right? Like, out of whatever, out of just the talent that you get, because it's all down to the coaching, and talent is relative, or, or you know what I mean? Depending, you know, you can get a good game like we had this past weekend, a 27-21 with a game-winning late drive and stuff like that, at any type of level, you know? You look at Last Chance U, the Eastern Mississippi Community College, like that thing is, those those games are big. Like those little small communities, they get behind it because it's just good football. And I guess you could argue they have good players, but, you know, I just feel like, you know, the, the issue with the thing may be just that the alumni have to find a way to uh, be invested in the school on a monetary level in order to build these big donor and booster things so that we could get new facilities built and stuff like that. Like it has to be a team effort. And if we're not invested in our HBCUs, then nah, nobody's going to come. Like it's not going to be attractive for anybody. So, I mean, it's cool to sit back and always talk about like what HBCUs need, but you know, it's those of us that are claiming to have love for these institutions and attend these institutions that we have to do more. And, you know, instead of just being from one and using it like, you know, I don't know, but you know, because that's what it's going to take for us to get to that level. You know what I'm saying? Because football is football in America. You're going to watch it. And if we can invest in getting, you know, good coaches and stuff like that, like I said, good facilities to get maybe, you know, you're not getting the five stars, but maybe you can get some of those three star guys or two and a half star guys that maybe would have went to Iowa State or something like that. Maybe you can get them to come down. You know, you could build a program like, you know, we've seen Boise State do it. So that's what I was thinking when I was there. I was like, it doesn't have to be like the elite guys. Okay, cool. Florida State wants them. 
And then that's what, I, and that's another thought, I, I th- another thought that I had because if you think about it, like two hundred fifty six guys get drafted every year, not to mention however many get picked up through the undrafted free agency wire. So like not that many guys go to the NFL. So majority of the people that were watching play college football on Saturdays are not going to the NFL. So like how really how good are these guys that we're watching? So that's what I'm saying. Like you know, we talk so much about the talent base coming back, but I think we need to speak. More about the alumni base doing more for the schools to create those, like I said, those booster clubs and stuff like that. So we can get competitive too, you know. So that's just my thought on the HBCUs uh, thing. Because, um, yeah, man, they're just schools like everywhere else. And so I feel like we should be able to recruit better black athletes to these schools. Like I said, maybe not the five-star guys, I get that, but you know. Some of the guys, some of the guys that would go, that would rather like, you know what I mean? Guys that would go to North Dakota State or something like that. Like, really? You can't get them to come down south. But like I said, it can happen. And and if you put money into the athletic program and stuff like that, it would happen more. And that's on the alumni. And, you know, and in some respect, it's on the alumni. And uh, it's on, you know, I guess the, the whoever controls the money for the school. But I digress on that. Topic, moving into sports, Antonio Brown, his saga continues, man, this dude, so the Patriots cut him, finally, um, he's out the league again, he was slated to get 5 million, I think, this week, but he's not going to get it, because he got cut, and so, uh, what he did was, well, allegedly, um, when I spoke on it last week, I think I had my facts kind of crossed up, so, uh, so there is the Brittany Taylor chick, which I'm on the record, I do not believe her story because the ejaculated on her back part just does not make sense to me. Something's not adding up. So there's the Brittany Taylor chick. And then there's this other lady. Uh, I guess she's an artist who was painting a mural at his house. And he came up behind her, I guess, with, you know, like a small cloth and um, butt naked. And so, And so she's saying that, you know, she want you know she's not suing for anything. She's just letting the NFL know that that that, that it happened, and so which you know is, is more credible to me at the end of the day because she doesn't you know want anything but the knowledge of who he is out there, which is the most powerful thing. And so his dad has come out against him. And no, a lot of things is going wrong for Antonio Brown right now. And uh, the lady said that uh, I mean Antonio Brown creates a group text and is texting her like while she's in the group text talking about investigating her. And so the Patriots cut him in. I don't know. I tried to defend him last week when I said I didn't believe the, the Brittany Taylor chick, which I don't. I don't want to believe her. But now it's to the point where I can't defend Antonio Brown. And no, I don't think that it's his brain. No, I don't. I think it's just Antonio Brown. I think some brothers are self-destructive. And we, you just hope that you should just hope that you're not one of those people. Antonio Brown, a lot of things have changed in his life very rapidly, I'm assuming. And, you know, it's hard for him to adjust, I guess, coming from where he come from and stuff like that. And he seems like he has an understanding of the game and how things work, but he seems to be doing some very questionable moves that lets, that makes me wonder, like, does the brother has, have any self-awareness? And that's one of them. Like, this woman is a sexual assault accuser, bro, and you're including her in a text? Like, you know what I mean? And so she took the text to the NFL and was like, yo, this dude's sending me intimidating texts because he's got pictures of her kids in there. You know, and I had a friend say that like Steelers fans are too invested in his downfall, his failure. And I can't speak for the rest of Steelers Nation because I 
I do follow Steelers Depot, and from my perspective, they he the guy that runs the Twitter account seems to be very invested in Antonio Brown's failure. But I'm not in that way. My thing is, it's so public. It's so public. And it's like, he's just melting down, man. Like, he's losing all kinds of money because he's just doing erratic things. And I don't know what the brother's going through personally. Um, now he's got sexual assault claims, which I think are, which I think are very, very timely. Because he did the interview back in April where he was saying how he didn't need the game. How NFL owners are going to play by his rules. And then you go through the stuff with the Raiders and the stuff with the helmet. He's doing a little renegade stuff like getting, you know, uh, independent helmet deals, which I guess I don't know. I guess it's not against the rules as long as it's approved by the NFL because I don't think anything came of it. But he's talking a lot, you know, and he's not producing a lot like in New England. I mean, in Oakland, he was barely at practice. He burnt his feet just doing silly stuff. He threw um, a piece of furniture off the roof at an apartment and smashed. And they said like there was a six month old like close by. Or something like that. Like he's just doing dumb stuff to where now. Um, I think the owners are going to box him out. Because now he started opening his mouth and talking some other stuff. As far as, you know, then he went on LeBron's show. And, and was talking about, they were agreeing about how the NFL is like a slave labor. So, you know, the owners are watching that. And I don't know if he people happen to Kaepernick. But, dude, these owners don't care, dude. You're, you're, you're replaceable, dog. You're just a wide receiver. You're not a quarterback. And I go hard on quarterbacks because of that fact, because I think quarterbacks get too much respect and guys like Antonio Brown don't get enough, which I'm sure that's what he's after. But at the same time, who respect from who, dog? Like, like, that's what I really want to know. Like, you're trying to get respect from who? At, at the end of the day, the Steelers organization, they maybe they did respect you. Maybe they didn't. I mean, I didn't like the, the, the general manager. Kevin Colbert said that. Big Ben has 52 kids under him. I mean, I, that would rub me the wrong way, too. You know, but in Oakland, man, they was paying you thirty million guaranteed. You know, they wanted you to be a part of the offense, so I don't understand what the issue was there. Um, he did that weird video, so I don't know what's wrong with the brother. If it is some type of mental health with his brain deterioration, well, then yeah, I hope he gets help. But I don't believe it's that. I just believe he's um, wanting a respect. I think he's out here getting respect, and that respect is leading him to do self-destructive things. And texting that woman is one of those things. Like I don't, I don't even understand that. Like nobody understands that. So of course the Patriots are gonna not deal with that you know what i mean they took a chance on you and apparently there are teams that are still wanting to see what's up with him so you know hopefully the brother can get on the team hopefully he'll stay out the news hopefully he'll stop talking for a while because you know the media is trying to paint him like he's crazy i understand that he's not crazy because saturday morning he was tweeting out stuff about how big ben caught sexual assault charge which i still have questions about as well you know how big ben has been able to skate on his past transgressions but every brother like bill cosby has to contend with his, even even while Harvey Weinstein to a degree is contending with his, but Big Ben doesn't have to contend with his. Even Kobe Bryant's had to answer. I'm very, you know, intrigued with the reason, you know, that's the way that is. I'm not a Big Ben fan. I'm not a big, big, I'm not a big, big Ben fan, you know, because of that, because of the racial dynamic in the NFL of the class of quarterback versus wide receivers and running backs and how they get treated. Um, I'm not a big fan of quarterbacks. I judge quarterbacks based off of that, too. It's a level of bias that I have, but I really don't care. And Big Ben is one of those quarterbacks that, you know, he's gets allowed to, he gets allowed to skate on a lot of BS that if he was a black quarterback or if he was somebody else, he would not get allowed to skate. So that's a fair point. But I think for Antonio to bring it up, I think a lot of people are going to look at you like, first of all, they're going to try to paint him like he's crazy. 
Because on Steeler Depot, that's what they were trying to do. I'm like, he's not crazy. He's bringing up valid points, man. Like, why? Like, you know, Big Ben caused sexual assault charges. You just suspended in four games and life went on. You know, Antonio Brown, this woman's suing for civil suit. So why are we, you know, trying to talk about commissioners exempt and all this other stuff? Like, what? So I feel him and he is getting treated different because he's black. But at the same time, nobody's trying to hear that from you because you've done things in the past and you're doing things now that people just can't vibe with, dude. So if it is something mental, I hope the brother gets help, you know, but the timing of of the allegations seems to be contrived a bit, in my opinion, not to be a conspiracy theorist. But I think I think if you I I try, like I said, I'm beginning to try to consider myself, you know, a historian of some sort. Not not really, because I haven't earned that level of acclimation, but that's my aspiration. And so you understand that timing is key to a lot of different things. So, like I said, I'm very um, suspicious of the timing of Antonio Brown's rape or sexual assault allegations and the nature of the lawsuits. But at the end of the day, like I can't defend him tweeting um, the woman like I think that's um, uncalled for and very inappropriate behavior. So we're going to move on, man. Talking about bad quarterbacks of the week. Dudes that laid a dud. The Mitch Trubisky makes my list at number four. And even though he had a good game, he was 25 or 31, had three touchdowns. I think that was all due to Khalil Mack in that defense, man. I think Khalil Mack is the Bears franchise player, dude. For real. And they're going to try to make it Mitch Trubisky, but it's so not him. And if they go anywhere in the playoffs, it's going to be because that defense and because Khalil Mack stays healthy and keeps doing what he's doing. This dude, man, is a is a problem on the outside. And they, I know they were playing against Washington, but still, you got to dominate the game. And he dominated the game and he created short field and Trubisky still did his best to screw it up, in my opinion. So I don't want to hear nothing about Mitch Trubisky, but, he, he, you know, he statistically his game was good. But the Bears defense Set it up for him. The Bears defense had, what, three interceptions, fumble recoveries. Like, come on, man. They're giving this dude the ball so many times. Of course, he's going to eventually, you know, go in short field. He doesn't throw the ball down the field. So that explains the high completion percentage. So, you know, whatever. Uh, Baker Mayfield's another quarterback that had a bad week. Because... This dude is less than 50% or at 50% passing 18 of 36, 195, one touchdown, one interception. And he just seems like he's regressing. I think it has a lot to do with the coach. Freddie Kitchens, you know, he's 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 the first year coach. It's not his fault. Uh, he's they, they, like they keep bringing up. He's never even been a coordinator, which I thought was fascinating with this level of talent on that team to have such a underqualified guy at that position. That's very interesting. Um how the hiring process goes in the NFL and who can get a job and who doesn't get jobs. <laughs> like this guy's never even held a coordinator position and he's got a job. Oh my goodness. You got Todd Bowles. But anyway, um, so Baker Mayfield's regressing and the, the Browns are what we, what they're, what they always been. Like, I don't know why anybody's surprised by this or anything. He looks like a Brown starting quarterback. He looks like every bit Brandon Whedon. He looks every bit Johnny Manziel. He looks every bit of all those guys. He, you know, we thought he was going to be different because he had a, he splashed a little bit last year, but no, it's no different. The offense, their offense is struggling, man. They can't protect him, or may, and some of that stuff, you know, maybe I, you know, him scrambling out because there's a lot of criticism of his scrambles. They say he leave the pocket too early, but Baker's definitely struggling. Derek Carr's trash. He is number two, and then Jared Goff. Derek Carr, uh, 
put up 14 points this week. Like I said, quarterbacks are supposed to be the engine that stirs the the NFL pot. And so when these guys are getting $100 million and they're putting up 14 points, responsible for 14 points, and Jared Goff, he had a bad week too just because his turnovers were horrid. But um, I'm not going to go too hard on Jared Goff. But those like those guys, you know, and Zeke has to hold out just to get $50 million, but you're giving this Derek Carr guy $100 million guaranteed and he sucks. I'm going to have an issue with that. I'm going to call that out. And somebody who didn't make my list that should make my list is Carson Wentz. I know Eagles fans may not like that, but that's what it is. And I haven't heard from the Eagles fans lately about Carson Wentz because he's struggling this year. And remember, he was 5-6 and six last year in games that he started too. So let's see. Y'all wanted to annoy Carson Wentz. Y'all wanted to get rid of Nick Foles, which was a huge mistake. Huge mistake because y'all need Nick Foles now to run the offense. So, you know, the Eagles are what the Eagles have been historically, you know, Carson Wentz is, is, is going to prove to be a, um, I'm just going to say it. He's going to prove to be an average quarterback in the NFL. He had his flash in the pan year, but a lot of quarterbacks do. Cam Newton had it. He had an MVP standout season and that was it. It's hard to have sustained greatness in the NFL. And so just because you have one good year doesn't mean that you're going to have that. Derek Carr had that one good year. So I think Eagles fans wanted to anoint, uh, Carson Wentz just because of their hunger and need to have a franchise quarterback because you know the whole NFL landscape is quarterback crazy but um yeah man those are the quarterbacks that I think struggled this week the most out of what I saw Mitch Trubisky Baker Mayfield Derek Carr Jared Goff Derek Carr I think he's a complete joke um my friend Monroe gave me some clarity on Jared Goff. I guess it's the type of defense that they're going up against that they're seeing every week, but hmm, that's interesting It's in itself. But, um, yeah, the Baker Mayfield one is kind of surprising too, though. But like I, cause like I said, you would think the offense would naturally click with guys like Nick Chubb and, and OBJ on the field uh, running routes. So that's fascinating that um, Baker's struggling. But like I said, they are the Browns. And so simply because you add names on a roster doesn't change the legacy and the history of what you are. You have to fundamentally change the culture. And then, like I said, Mitch Trubisky, he's, it's Khalil Mack's team, bro. Khalil Mack won that game yesterday, and Khalil Mack should get more respect. All right? So last week, right, um, I was studying, and I was reading this article called Some Could Suckle Over Their Shoulder, and it's about basically just the, uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a history article about how, when, um, European travelers went to the America, the Americas to uh, document what they saw of the African tribes. And it was basically it basically just gives a blueprint to how white people um, use white supremacy to define and characterize a people or a thing and then treat those people accordingly. So in the article, it was talking about um, black women and it was talking about how um, they could give birth and then get back to work within like the next day or the same day. And they use that as justification for slave labor. Um, they were saying they uh, re- made repeated references to the breast of black women by how they sagged down. And basically, just like I said, one of the key things that just kept being repeated in the article was familiarized. Basically saying that these Englishmen and, and Europeans, because it wasn't just um, English people, but it was Europeans were trying to familiarize their countrymen of who these people were and that's crazy because that's like you know a perception that gets created one person writes a book about what they saw and maybe what they saw 
is some truth, but not the whole truth. And basically what gets built off of that. So I'm watching that. I'm reading this and, and, and I take a, and, and, and like I said, I'm like, dang, so this is what the issue is, right? White people are not familiar or have trouble discerning what's um, just a, a different human practice from something that's uncivilized, even to this day. So I'm sitting back, I'm like, damn, that's crazy. You know what I'm saying? How they use that to justify slave labor or how they'll say, you know, black men sag their pants. So that justifies cops shooting them. You know what I'm saying? You feel me? Or because you got you have been expelled from school, that makes it okay. Like how you don't you if you don't understand the context in which some person is existing, then you can you can just slap whatever half-assed, uh, non-nuanced or unnuanced um, perspective on it and pass it off as truth. And people will, you know, conform to certain behaviors and ideologies about these things. So I'm looking at it, right? I'm like, damn. So, um, um. I'm looking at my Twitter and I see this video come across. It's um, a get up and it's Dominic Foxworth and Paul Feinbaum. Paul Feinbaum, he's a uh, college football radio host and analyst uh, on ESPN. And Ryan Clark, they're ex-NFL players. And Mike Greenberg is an early morning sports show get up for those of you that don't know what it is. They're talking about Cam Newton. He's talking about Cam Newton. And he's just going in. And I'm like, dang, he's really going in on Cam Newton. Like, it's bad. And then Ryan Clark responds. I just want to play you guys these segments because um, it's very uncalled for and I would say like kind of vicious stuff. But um, take a listen here. Feinbaum, he played in your beloved SEC. Final word on Cam Newton. We're not watching the beginning of the end. It is the end. It's over for Cam Newton. I don't know why we're mincing words and trying to find a pretty way to put it. Uh, I think it's, he's a train wreck right now. He can't do what he used to do. And, and quite frankly, uh, uh, forget the, the sympathy tour. Cam Newton has never really cared about anyone other than Cam Newton. And that doesn't mean he shouldn't be given the opportunity. But he, he, he's brought this franchise down. It's over for Cam Newton. Nice knowing you, but you're done. This is, this is- so before I let the video continue, though, it's like, yo, my, my, my first thing after watching that like, was he's like, what has Cam Newton done? Like in his career, Cam Newton hasn't had any salacious charges. I mean, the dude, he got to the car accident and broke his back, but he played. Um, I mean, he does the touchdown dances, but I don't think that Cam Newton is a selfish player or has the track record of a selfish player or been a bad teammate for that matter. So that struck me first. I was like, dang, dude, like he's, but he's characterizing Cam's behavior because maybe he sees something that he doesn't like, whatever that may be. But he's characterizing it. The dude's selfish. He's never cared about anybody. And because of that, we should have no sympathy that his foot is hurt and he's injured in his career. His starting job is on the line. We should have no sympathy for him. You know what I'm saying? It's like, whoa, that's crazy. You know? But listen to what Ryan Clark has to say. Only statement to that. Yeah. We just spoke glowingly about, not we, Paul, Paul, glowingly about Eli Manning. And he has been a dud for the last four years. You want to talk about bringing a franchise down? Eli has ruined that franchise. So we got to take out how we feel about dudes because he's a Manning, because 
because we love him, because he gives us this yeah. that sucks, you can do whatever you yeah. want to be, and I'm going to be okay about it. That's not true. If we're looking at it right, right now, Cam has more left than Eli's had for years. So we got to take out how we feel about how, dudes how and the way that he, he, that he doesn't get he doesn't get to, to have a tour or he doesn't get to, to have farewell. That's not how it works. He's been successful. The dude has killed himself for and, his and, team. And Paul said that he's never cared about anything other than Cam Newton. That's the same guy that we see diving at the goal line. Like, he cares about winning. He's cared about success. I think that's I don't like having Paul over there on his own. Paul, you yeah. can't be at the desk. No. Be at the desk. <laughs> what is, what is okay? I mean, yeah. if I was Eli, I know I was Eli, I can stay healthy too if I learned how to throw the ball and do this. <laughs> I would be healthy too if I could throw the ball and do that. Of course you're going to get hurt if you're trying to win a game. If you're trying to take a hit, we got to stop treating dudes like because they play a certain way or because they act a certain way that's not familiar to us. That that's stop it right there. Now you see what he said? That's not familiar. And like I said, that's what these writers were doing. They were trying to familiarize their people, right? They were trying to familiar, make the unfamiliar familiar. You know what I'm saying? So because Paul Feinbaum doesn't understand Cam Newton, doesn't understand his walk of life, doesn't understand the culture that he represents or the culture that he comes from, he takes Cam Newton's displays on the field as selfishness and negative teammate, even though Cam Newton has done literally nothing bad, nothing wrong. He has no track record of doing anything wrong. In college, he did. In college, he made a mistake, okay? he made, A lot of people make mistakes. But because of that, because of what Cam represents, hip-hop and stuff like that, he's saying Cam is a selfish player who deserves no sympathy for his injury and maybe the end of his career, which, you know, it's probably not the case, but that's what he wants us to, that's what he wants us to subscribe to, is forget about Cam Newton. He's done because he's injured. We don't need him. Good riddance. Who cares about you? Very coded language. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, we know when they say selfish, they always refer to black quarterbacks as selfish. You know what I'm saying? And because you're, you know, a black player, you obviously on a shorter leash. So we know what that was, Paul Feinbaum. We see you, homie. We see you. Your racism is showing, dude. I want to pause for a second and remind you all to subscribe to the Demo Take podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, wherever you get your podcasts. Also, review the show. Let me know how I'm doing. Remember, it's not hating if you're telling the truth. Continuing on to the news and politics section of the show. First thing I want to talk about is an article that I found in the L.A. Times. The headline reads minority contractors claiming to be Native Americans to undergo nationwide review. So a lot when I talk about politics and things, I always say how black people should stop identifying ourselves as minorities and people of color. And the reason why I say that is because during the civil rights era, we were fighting for black rights. Right. And then somehow we got lumped into um, a coalition with Mexican people and Asian people and stuff like that. But we were fighting to get equality for ourselves because we have a very unique history in this country. Right. So we need to acknowledge that. And, you know, when we acknowledge that and we fight for ourselves, somehow we get undermined because we get put into a coalition of people. And then when we get things like um, minority owned businesses, right, money set aside for minority owned businesses uh, or affirmative action. Well, then when you let when you don't specify who it's for, then you allow it to be for everybody. So then that's how a white woman becomes a minority. So she can get minority business loans. She can get affirmative action because you're saying it's minority. You're not saying it's black. And that's why we need to make sure that we're saying African-American, black, whatever you think we need to say. People of African descent in America, slave labor, descendants of slaves. Um, we need to make sure that those people are. We need to make sure that we're speaking up for our people, because like I said, 
this is no shade to the Latinos. I think we need to take a, a, a leaf out of their book because they speak up for their own and what they want. And we should stop being ashamed of that. So we shouldn't let, let people reduce us to minorities or people of color. We're black people. We're African-Americans. You know what I mean? We're Americans of African descent, descendants of slaves. Those of us that are from uh, that, that have been here since the beginning. And so when we have a political agenda, when we're creating a political agenda, and I think this should be on one of them that we that we ask for, you know, um, set aside for black businesses because we have a need for black businesses, not minority businesses, black businesses. Because when in this article in the L.A. Times, which came out last weekend, uh, September 18th, was uh, last last week, I should say. So. This dude, William Wages, is the owner of a construction company called Vortex Construction in Bakersfield, right? He said he was one-eighth Cherokee, which allowed him to get contracts set aside for minorities. This is, this is to start a business. So there's a, now, so the so this Small Business Association is going to go investigate because they had, there's $300 million in government contracts uh, that they're investigating based on unsubstantiated claims of people to be Native American. And this is affecting Native American people as well. But the point I'm trying to make for black people is by by not specifying yourselves, this is what can happen. And this is why we probably don't get enough of those business loans as well, because anybody's be minority. So this white man has classified himself as a minority. And they're trying to investigate, like I said, three hundred million dollars of government funds to see that to see how many other people have are, are pretendians pretty much. <laughs> And people think that stuff is 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 a joke, like the five dollar Indian thing when the 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 Native Americans were getting um, plots of land for free, and and white people were getting, telling themselves the Indian scrolls, and white people were telling white white people were getting signed up for five dollars. Well, you see it happening today, and this is why I say that as black people, that's the first thing we need to do in order and on our political journey to maturation number one stop identifying ourselves as minorities and people of color we're african-americans and when we speak we need to speak with an african-american agenda and one of those things is to get uh business set asides i believe set asides for uh black businesses not minority businesses black businesses and i think everybody should do that i think latinos should do that too because like i said once again if you're you know this guy's one eighth native american allegedly like the elizabeth warren thing how are you one eighth how does that make you that thing that's so disrespectful and they're getting money and starting businesses and then we complain about the wealth gap you know what i'm saying well speak to your issues don't let people lump you in and 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 push your um values down don't let people make you feel bad for speaking up for your issues for yourself because we get shamed for that a lot you know we do we get shamed for that a lot whoo the last thing, the last topic of the day is the uh, Donald Trump impeachment. So I guess Nancy Pelosi is going to bring formal proceedings on a Trump impeachment inquiry. I mean, so allegedly Donald Trump uh, asked the Ukrainian government to open an investigation on Joe Biden's son about an oil or natural gas pipe out there. Uh, Biden, I guess, was bragging about how he shut it down. So Trump, you know, and I read the transcripts and. He said to look into it. And I don't know, you know, how that can impeach him. Um, I'm not going to pretend like I'm some super political analyst on that. I'm not going to speculate. I just know that that's what's happening right now. And I read it and it did look like he said that. I do understand that the Democrats are playing politics. I do understand the timing, which is why I keep bringing up the timing. Like I was talking about earlier, the timing of Antonio Brown's 
uh, rape allegations was very uh, uh, timely, so to speak. And just like the timing of this impeachment hearing, because, you know, Trump is like the boogeyman. And that's one thing, you know, to, to my black listeners out there when you're voting, don't let people scare you into voting against Donald Trump. If not for them, but against Donald Trump, you we've survived presidents, man. Like like I said before, just do your history. I'm not going to keep going. I'm not going to beat that point uh, into the ground. But we survive histories of presidents and Donald Trump is nothing out of the abnormal. What is out of the abnormal is that for some reason, other white people just really don't want him in office because I guess he really makes them uncomfortable. You know, he's outwardly racist and, you know, white people don't really want to be outwardly racist. They kind of just want to be covert with it. And Donald Trump's all out with it. And that just makes them uncomfortable and they know they got to get him out. Um, but just understand that that this impeachment and the timing of it has definitely going to have 2020 ramifications, election 2020 ramifications. And when I think about like the historical context of impeachments, it's, they seem to always be around an election year. You know what I mean? Because these Democrats and Republicans are always digging up dirt on each other and they all play dirty pool. So, OK, Donald Trump did something dirty, right? But I'm sure a lot of these politicians did something dirty to get where they at. And I just don't want the listeners of my podcast in general. I mean, I just want people in general, but the listeners of my podcast specifically to get caught up in all of that, because really it's just posturing from the Democrats. That's what I believe it is. Not to say that there may not be legitimate something there, but I'm sure that there's legitimate something there on a lot of different politicians in Washington. It's just Trump is in the top seat and everybody wants to be president. He's not favored by a lot of the country, allegedly, um, but he's favored by a lot of the country. If you ask me. And so this is politics. It reminds me of the Andrew Johnson impeachment. For those that don't know what that is, that's after the Civil War during Reconstruction. Um, The radical Republicans wanted to take more of a hardline stance against the Confederate states, dealing with allowing them back into the um, Union. And Andrew Johnson, while he was a Southern Democrat, um, tended to. And, and he was a Southern Democrat who kind of sided with the radical Republicans, but he but he kind of was on the Lincoln aspect of things when he wanted to take more of a softer line. And, and, and the hard line, soft line thing is about the percentages of votes, people swearing allegiance to the union. Right. Lincoln won like 10 percent. I think the the radical Republicans won like 30 percent. And so when Andrew Johnson took over uh, office, there was some. um issues there was some tension about that right how to how to and because he's commander-in-chief he you know he's able to operate and maneuver those things with more autonomy and so the radical republicans didn't like that so he wanted to fire his secretary of war and they paid they passed a law called the 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 the, uh tenure of office act right to prevent him from doing that but he did it anyway so they they wanted to impeach him and i tell that story that historical reference i make that reference just to say that this is all about politics. This is all about who wants what and who has the majority in the house, who can do what the Democrats have the, have the majority in the house. I want everybody to keep in mind that these people have been pinning this, this accusation on Trump since he got elected. I'm not saying whether he did it or not. I mean, the Russia stuff never got proven. So now they got him on a transcript. There's a whistleblower and they got him on transcript saying, Hey, can you look into uh, Joe Biden? Joe Biden. I mean, is a political candidate, but he's not one yet. So, I mean, I guess I'm not, like I said, I'm not trying to defend Donald Trump, but my point is just understand that the, the politics are, that are being played here and understand that this ain't about the goodness of the good of the country. This is about party lines and partisanship and all that BS that, you know, that's not going to affect your bottom line. You feel me? 
you know, because it's all like I said, you got yeah, the historical timing of impeachments, you know, it's it's a, it's an election year. They've been building to this. Trump, you know, I don't know what he did. He's calling it a hoax. I watched his little press conference earlier. He called it a hoax. I really personally don't care either way because I believe that, you know, a lot of those politicians are guilty of some type of compromise of national security. You could be they could be accused of or something of that nature. Hillary Clinton was going through her emails like there's all types of stuff when you're on those levels. There's all types of dirt and bodies that are buried. And so these guys are just slinging mud in an election year. They're getting ugly with Donald Trump because it's getting because he's gotten ugly. And so they're, they're going to try to get impeach him. And, you know, good luck with that. We'll see how that goes, because the Senate, I think, is still Republican. So, you know, good luck with that. So that wraps up the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening to the Demote podcast. Remember, you can subscribe to the Demote podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher Radio, or wherever you get podcasts. Remember, drop me a line, review the show. Let me know how I'm doing. Leave me five stars if you feel so inclined. If you don't, you know, leave me whatever you got. Leave me. Remember, it's not hating if you tell the truth. I'm going to try to get this out to everybody every Thursday. So but check your cues for Thursdays. And also tell your friends about it. Tell your coworkers, man, what we doing over here at the Demo Tape. You know what I'm saying? We're trying to make progress. So keep it locked next week, y'all. Until next time. Peace.